So, you know, I've, I've been thinking uh, about 13 years ago, um, I gave my first sermon on Youth Sunday. Um, and about 13 years ago, around the same time of year, um, I was in the Dominican Republic on my own youth mission trip um, as a high schooler. And so, yeah, if you're doing the math in your head, I am that young. Um, so just so you know, um, and so, like many of the students here today, uh, gathered in a local church uh, that loved us, supported us, prayed over us as we flew uh, to the Dominican Republic to uh, rebuild a youth summer camp and um, and work on houses in the city. Uh, and I sat there in church and just waited for the pastor to shut up so we could leave already. Um, so I know how they're feeling right now. Um, <clears throat> but... But while I was there in the Dominican Republic, uh, we were there for about a week, and on the last day that I was there, we stayed in um, we stayed in someone's house for the whole week. And on the last day, as I was packing up all my stuff, the uncle of the house came to me as I was getting ready to leave and say goodbye. And he came to me in uh, in broken Spanglish, kind of English and Spanish mixed together, and he asked me, "When are you going to come back? When when are you going to return?" And I don't know what it was about his voice or what he said or that day or that trip, but, but I felt as if God was using him to speak through him, to speak to me, to say, when are you going to continue serving? When, when are you going to continue to follow the places where I'm leading you to go? And it wasn't so much about what's my future travel plans, but how will I be obedient to where God's calling me in the future? And so I said to him, I said, yo no sé, pronto, espero pronto. My Spanish is really bad, uh, but that just means, I don't know, soon, I hope soon. And it was that conversation uh, that led to a series of other conversations with people who prayed for me, who listened to me, who corrected me. Um, It led me here to being a pastor of a local church where I now get to send out missionaries into the neighborhoods, into the communities, into the world to bring about the rebuilding and the the wholeness that God has for God's plan. Just as the youth are preparing to go off in mission trip today, down to the Keys to rebuild after Hurricane Irma came through uh, a little less than a year ago. And you know, all throughout that journey of mine of discerning that call into ministry, um, that passage from Jeremiah that was read earlier um, was always kind of at the forefront of my mind. Jeremiah was an ancient prophet in, uh, in the land of Judah, uh, so he was kind of the mouthpiece of God to the people, to the Israelites in Judah, but also to the surrounding nations. And so He starts off this way. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, this is God speaking, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So you know when you're trying to convince somebody to do something really difficult? Maybe your boss has done this to you, or maybe your wife has done this to you um, before. They try to butter you up a little bit. They try to flatter you like, oh, nobody could do such a better job. I trust you. Oh, you're so great at this. I think that's what God is doing to Jeremiah here, right? God's trying to kind of flatter him a little bit because God is asking Jeremiah to go and spread 
a very difficult message, a message of judgment, but also a message of truth and justice. And so God says, Jeremiah, I know you. And I know you can do this. I formed you. I knew you. I set you apart. I appointed you. And then Jeremiah says, nah, you're crazy. Jeremiah goes on and he actually says this. He says, alas, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. I'm too young. I'm, I'm not a good speaker. I, I don't know what to say. They're, they're not going to listen to me. I don't know those people. Jeremiah responds to God's call with a list of his own personal inadequacies. No, 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 God, you, you, you got the wrong person. And here, let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I, I'm too young. I, I don't have all the qualifications. I, I don't have all the credentials. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if anyone has ever felt that way before when God's called. I'm wondering if anyone has ever responded to God that same way and you say, oh no, 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 not me. You, you got the wrong person. I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. That often our first response to God's call is to try to disqualify ourselves. God comes to us and says, you go. And we say, no, no, wrong person. Go, go, go send someone else. All the while God's sitting there saying, I know you. I formed you. I set you apart. I, I appointed you for such a time as this. But when God calls, the first thing we try to do is disqualify ourselves. I've done that. I still do that. Heck, I still say to God constantly, God, I'm too young. I'm too young. I don't know what I'm doing But yet God continues to say, I know you. I formed you. I appointed you. But I don't think that Jeremiah really heard that piece. I I don't think that Jeremiah really heard God say, trust me. I know who you are. I, I know what you can do. But immediately Jeremiah jumps in to thinking of his own self. Not what God has done, but what he can do or what he cannot do. Now, I don't know why God chose Jeremiah. Out of all the people that God could have chosen. But here's what's really interesting. This is how, this is the very first verse of the book of Jeremiah. And this is how it starts. It says, the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anatoth in the territory of Benjamin. Now that doesn't really seem like, a, like it matters a whole lot. But what it means is that Jeremiah came from a family of priests. That he grew up surrounded by the people who taught him the faith. Surrounded by people who passed down the faith to him. Even at such a young age. And so we've been talking about over the last couple weeks, how do do we help the next generation? How do we help the next generation of Christians uh, lead in their faith? Share their faith? Become leaders of the faith? And I think it's that, well, we as the church, we need to be the place where we pass down the faith and teach the Jeremiahs who are in our own midst. The scripture says that the church is the priesthood of all believers. 
And whenever a child is baptized into our church, we had a baptism this morning uh, in the 930 service. Whenever a child is baptized into our church, the church as a whole, as a community, makes a promise to that child. Even when they're just infants, we make a promise that we will love and support that child, that we'll teach them the ways of God, that we'll help them in their walk, that they may one day become followers of Jesus and walk in the way that leads to life. And church, we need to hand off our church to the next generation in a better condition than we ourselves found it. And so that means teaching the faith. That means passing down the faith to the Jeremiahs who are in our midst, but it also means listening to the Jeremiahs who are already here in our midst speaking to us. And I think that we've witnessed that today with the testimonies and the leadership of this, uh, this youth group. And so while I've been thinking about all the things, um, youth group and uh, mission trip and all that, and thinking about Jeremiah, uh, there's one more lesson I think that, that we need to hear. Uh, so the passage of Jeremiah goes on and it says, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See today. I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. He was given a message to tear down and a message to build up, to tear down the things that were not aligned with God's vision for the world, hatred, injustice, oppression, all of that evil. But he was also given a message to build up, to build up the goodness of God's kingdom, love, peace, justice, mercy, and life, a difficult task to go and speak to the nations. Jeremiah is often called uh, the prophet of tears because he had such a hard life being obedient to God's call. Um, He was imprisoned, he was beaten, he was mocked, he was persecuted, all because of this message of judgment and truth that he brought. And sometimes, I think it shows us that, that our love for God, sometimes our love for God puts us in pain. That when there's that, that conflict, that God calls us, and when God calls us, it, it brings about a conflict because we can no longer see the world the way that we want to see it ourselves. But now we have to see, we must see the world the way that God wants to see it. A world full of truth and justice and mercy and love and life. We must see the world not just for ourselves, but we, we must see the world for everyone. And that includes those who are coming behind us in the faith. And so when I answered God's call on my life, I had a clear sense that that my purpose was to show that God's love is redemptive. The reason why I get up every morning and, and do what I do is because I know within the depth of my soul that God's love is redemptive. God's grace is redemptive. God's love not only saves us, but God's love changes us and molds us and brings new life and restores us here and now. That's why I do what I do. 
and it began 13 years ago on a mission trip. But there's something else that's on my heart and my mind, a conflict that I've had over this past week. You may know that last week that there was a shooting at a local convenience store in Clearwater. Last Thursday, uh, two men, Marquise McLaughlin and Michael Draca, got into an altercation and Draca shot uh, McLaughlin, killing him. And if you've been following the story, you know, you've, you've heard the debates, you've heard all about it, but, but did you know that this happened not just a couple miles away from the church, but did you know that this happened right around the corner and, and just down the street where so many of our students and our children live? Students and children of, of this church. And, and so I hope that all of us we see not just this issue, but, but all of the issues, not just as issues, not just as situations, not, not just as occurrences, but we change our perspective to, to maybe see, to maybe see the world the way that God sees it, and, and to maybe place ourselves in a way that we can see the world through the eyes of the next generation, to know that the things that matter to them matter to us as well. Because if we can live in a world where someone is killed and then distill all of the debate, all of the noise as to whether or not it was justified or lawful, I think that that only shows that we've lost our way as a people. And I think that 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 only shows that we've lost our voice as a church in the choir of the culture. And this next generation, who's literally living in this fear, they're watching. Not only their neighborhood, but they're watching their church in this neighborhood. And wondering, do they matter? And do the things that matter to them matter to us? And so, church, I want to ask you this morning, how are we going to plant? How are we going to build the things that God has called us to build? Justice and mercy and love and freedom and life in a world, not only for ourselves, but in a world for the next generation. And that's a big task that God has called us to. And we can come up with all the excuses in the world. We're too young, we're too old, we're disqualified. We can disqualify ourselves as quickly as God calls us to. Or or we can lean into those words from God and says, I know you. I've set you apart. I've appointed you for such a task and such a time as this. To go and build and plant the things of Jesus' kingdom here in the world. Will you pray with me? Oh Lord God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for the gift of your church. God, we thank you for all the leaders, young and old. Lord, we thank you for the youth and how you've spoken to them God, how you've used them to speak through them 
right to us. God, what a joy that is to know that you're still speaking, you're still moving. And so God, I I pray that we'd have the courage as your church, that we'd have the courage to follow you, to listen to your call, even though it might cause us some pain, even, even though it might conflict us. God, help us to know that that's your Holy Spirit transforming us, moving us. Help us to know that that's your love, your grace, that's redeeming us and restoring us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.